Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to 20 Questions on Deadline. I'm Antonia Blythe, Senior Awards Editor. My guest this week is Kerry Condon, who is currently Oscar-nominated for her role in the film The Banshees of Inishirin. In the film, written and directed by Martin McDonough, Condon plays Siobhan, the sister to Colin Farrell's naive, animal-loving character, Padrick. This episode is also featured in print in our awards line magazine as a piece entitled On My Screen. Kerry Condon, welcome to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you, thank you. So the last time we met, we were chatting a bit about you preferring animals to people. And, uh, you know, as you put it, that seems fairly standard. Um, and I have to agree. Um, but I feel like the tiny donkey in Banshees was kind of its breakout superstar. Everyone is so obsessed with the tiny donkey. What was it actually like those doing those scenes with you and Colin Farrell in the kitchen and the animals wandering around? Well, we would have done the scene without the animals first and done, and cov- done all the coverage, like the close-ups and all that stuff. And the animals then would only have come in at the end when we've done on our, all the, our own work. And then, obviously, when the animal would come in, like little Jenny would come in, she had a little friend who would come in with her. There would have been two donkeys because she had the other little friend to kind of keep her calm and stuff and, and, and keep her confident. So when they'd come in, we all had to be extremely quiet and extremely gentle. And then we would just roll and you'd have to be kind of, do it kind of, you know, perfectly because you just don't know which way it's going to go with Jenny and what she's going to do. So we just had to be ready for anything. I mean, I, I was very used to it because I did a show a few years ago. It's actually ages ago now, but called Luck. And it was all about horse race and it was on HBO and it was David Milch wrote it and it was Michael Mann. And, and that, you know, I had, I was a jockey. So pretty, a lot of my scenes were on horseback or with horses. So I just got very good at being around um, animals and acting. And, and, and if it, if it, if it changes, you just have to keep going. And, and, and basically the animal is kind of dictating how the scene's going to go. So I was just used to it and I have horses. So, you know, I'm really good with animals. That's right. You've got um, a ranch, haven't you? Yeah, it's funny that the ranch makes it sounds like, you know, it's Dallas and I have a helicopter flying over my fields or something. I'm like, no, I've got, a, I've got a, an average farm up in Washington. Yeah, just a regular little farm in Washington. And I only got it there recently um, because it's something I've always wanted, but I just didn't have 
you know, financially I wasn't ready to commit to it and I didn't have, um, I, I just wasn't ready. I didn't, hadn't found the place and I hadn't found someone to help me with it. So that's all only recent in my life. And one of the horses from that show, Luck, I adopted him at the end of it. Oh, and really? Yeah, yeah. Aww. He's my favourite. Well, I mean, I have two horses and I wouldn't say he's my favourite. They're both my favourite, but he's like the best little horse in the whole world. So many people have asked, could they buy him off me because he's just the best little horse. But I was like, even if they offered me a million dollars, I wouldn't sell him. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, so... You know, I have to say, I did hear when you got the Oscar nomination, congratulations. Ah, uh, thanks a million. Thank um, you. Yeah, I heard that you got up at, well, obviously you were in California, I think, at the time, and you got up at 5 a.m. because it, it comes out at like 5.20 or something. Yes. Um, and you went to Colin Farrell's house in your pajamas, and the two of you sat there and watched it together. In your yeah, pajamas. well, no, exactly. See, there we go immediately it's construed as you know we're, we're pajama pals or whatever the hell and we were alone we were not alone there was other people there and like the bottom half was pajamas and the top half was a cashmere sweat you know i was dressed appropriately for 5 a.m but of course it's you know the minute colin farrell is in the sentence everyone wants to you know link you to be hanging out with colin in a romantic sense it was it was it was so sweet of him to offer for me to come over because I would have had the news by myself because I do live by myself and to be honest with you I was happy with getting the news by myself because I didn't it could have been not good too you know and I had to kind of consider that and I did when he invited me I remember thinking oh Jesus hang on though like do I want to share this with you like do I want what if it's what if it's bad for one of us well, I did wonder that. Like, I, d I wasn't even thinking about the romantic side of it. I was sort of laughing to myself because it was like, it's so high risk. Because what if I know. It and you're sitting there, you know. I know. I did think that. I thought that. And, I, and just before it started, I did say to him, listen, if I don't get the nomination and you do, don't feel like you have to mute your celebration for me. Like... It's all good. I can handle it. I, you know, I, I'll be fine. So just, just like good luck or whatever. But I, I did have to think about it, yeah, because I just thought, might it be something I want to have a, a privately alone? But then, of course, like that's so that'll be very me, you know, to be here in the dark by myself. You know, it's just like, come on, Kerry, just. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm glad I went and, and got hugs and we cheered for everybody and it was great, yeah. It, sound, it just sounds like the most charming charming way to listen to the nominations. Um, charming when you get nominated. I doubt it's that charming. If, if I didn't get nominated, I would have been like a bull. I swear to God. You know, I have to say, I, I really loved the character of Siobhan so much. Um, she's just all pure integrity at no point does she waver from just being herself and being real um and you see that in these amazing scenes where you know such a great moment where she goes over to uh brendan gleason's house um and she's saying what's up with with you and my brother you know because they've had this sort of friendship breakup and 
and he said, oh, he's just a bit boring. Or I'm, I'm butchering the words. No, 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 I know. Yeah, he and, don't. And, and Siobhan just goes, boring? You're all fucking boring. Yeah. It's such... I love her so much. She's she's just like the perfect foil to these two men taking themselves so seriously. Um, but then there's these really tender moments where, you know, Barry Keegan's character is like... Dominic is declaring his love for her and she very kindly turns him down in such a soft, sweet, but honest way. Um, and she's just wanting more from for her life. And it's just, she's such a great character. And I understood, and correct me if I'm wrong, that because you, you and Martin McDonough have worked together many times, that he wrote the character of Siobhan with you in mind. Yeah, that's what I found out too when, when, when it came about, when this all came out and he said that I didn't know that when he, when he gave me the script, I didn't know that. I just, I just knew that he wanted me to do it, but I didn't ask him, you know, Jesus, I wouldn't dream of asking him like, did I inspire this? You know what I mean? I'm not that vain or whatever, but, um, but I, I can't take the credit that I'm that like, you know, that kind of a person or whatever, because I think Martin is just really good at writing women's characters because, you know, there's there's also a, the, the plays. If you read some of the Irish plays that he's written, the Irish women in those plays are, are so brilliantly written. There's a play, The Beauty Queen of Lean Ann, and it's two women. And one of them is a, it's a mother and a daughter. And we all know the mother-daughter dynamic is a tricky one. At the best of times, you know, it's very complicated. And Martin wrote this in his early 20s and he didn't have any sisters and he certainly didn't have a girlfriend until like way later in his life. So a part of me thinks, where the hell did you get the knowledge of what a 40 year old woman and her mother are like? Like, how that's did you? That's weird. It's like genius level. Like some, how did, how do people like him? How do they absorb? And I don't understand it. How I know. They... I think it is just certain writers, like certain, like it's like just talent, you know, it's like they just, they're just really good at it or something. Or maybe it's like this, I don't know. I, I, I dare not ask. Like, I feel like that's so private and I never really poke into like, when did you write this? And what were you thinking when you wrote this? I just, I always leave that be sort of a mysterious thing about Martin that I never really ask him about. And I just take the script and go from there. I feel like it's none of my business really. And, and also I find it quite difficult to articulate like how I act, you know? And so I, I imagine he finds it difficult to articulate like how you write. It's funny, I I was talking to Andrea Riseborough the other day about her film To Leslie, and I asked her something about how how to describe how she how she prepares to play someone so different from who she is in her real life. You know, she's playing a Texan alcoholic in this film. And she just she just went, Yeah, I I can't talk about that. Not not in a horrible way, but she just was like, that's something that's like a private process. I can't even I can't even discuss it. It's difficult to articulate. Yeah, yeah. And then also, of course, it's like, well, I'm not gonna tell everybody how I do it because, you know, I'm not giving that out for free. <laughs> 
Yeah, you need to get paid to give a masterclass before you Yeah, fuck that. She's right. I wouldn't be telling anyone. But um but but yeah, and it's also just like it's not, you know, I've never been the kind of person who's more of a talker. Like I always used to get kind of annoyed sometimes, you know, if you're if you're rehearsing and somebody's talking, 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 it's like, just do it. Can we just do it? Like how much talking are we gonna do about it? So so you know it's it's you know I think I, I suppose everyone's different. I just don't I don't know how I it's hard to articulate mm. it. Yeah, I mean it's really interesting when you say it's not your business. You just get the script, and you do your piece of the work. It's an interesting thing to be handed someone else's imagined work and just you know take it and and then be in charge of it in a way. It's sort of a there's a weight to be carried there I feel like because it's his his baby I guess but I mean I didn't feel it like that because we've known each other for so long and this was this was like the fifth job so and and also like besides just the jobs that we've done together which also were very long periods of my life like the, the second play the lieutenant of Inishmore that was a year and a half the first run and then it was another six months, a few years later when we went to New York. So that's two years of my life. You know, there was there were long stints. But also, bar that, like Martin has been a, a friend of mine. And so he had he has always been a supporter of me as an actress and, and always told me I was great. And there was not a lot of people in my life. There was, I mean, very, I could count on one hand. I mean, maybe even less. Maybe I could count on Colm's hand with however many fingers he had. Like, there was just not a lot of people who who said that to me. So I knew he thought I was good. So I didn't feel this weight of like, oh God, I'm not going to be good. As Martin always said to me I was good and and and, and helped me in, in times that were difficult. So I just felt like I could do it. And, you know, I, I, or... I mean, I was obviously knew I had to do try and do it my best, but I didn't feel, oh God, I'm gonna fuck this up. I mean, you know, you have to have an element of self belief in this business, or you're just not gonna get anywhere. You know. Yeah, yeah, and especially as as you say, you know, if you hadn't been getting that kind of feedback and support, that's really. It, I can only imagine it's it's incredibly tough to keep going. Because this business is so, like you say, you have to have self-belief. You have to. Um, so to kind of pull that out of yourself when you're not getting it externally is is a, a big deal. A big deal. Yeah, it, it is. And if there's a string of no's, you know, like if you, I mean, there was, you know, there would have been some years and I got up, I could count the auditions that I'd done. And, you know, you'd be looking to 10, 20 and there would have been no's. And I would have had to prepare for all of them and learn them and go up for them. And I, and there would have been big parts because I always get good auditions and stuff. And, you know, it wouldn't have been an easy task. And, and they'd be all no's. And you still have to be like, well, fuck them. Mm. You I know, as opposed yeah. to, oh, God, maybe if I lose, you know, you don't want to get into that L.A. narrative of like, you know, maybe I should lose 10 pounds or or maybe mm. I should get a nose job or maybe this or maybe that or maybe I should go to the gym. It's like, it, it's not a dash. It's got nothing to do with that. Do you know, it's just, some, it's just, just something you have to learn at that moment. And that's what you have to learn at that moment. It's got nothing to do with what you look like or whatever, you know. I wish that all 
the actors and actresses in LA could hear you say that and know how, know it to be true because I do feel like that it is such a slippery slope. You start, yeah, I know. You know that self critique stuff is such a nasty slippery slope, mm. and it happens all the time here. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I could talk about this all day. I love talking to you, but I, <laughs> I also have to ask you some fun questions. Oh, go right, on. ready? Okay. We'll see how fun they are till you say them. Go on. <laughs> okay. So it's for an article called On My Screen. Okay. So a lot of it is sort of, you know, screen memories and and working on screen and and things that you love about stuff on screen. So what was your first film lesson? Oh, I suppose, I mean, a good one. I learned it and I was also told it. So it's it's kind of frequently come into my my mind and, you know, multiple times. And it's a big one. Like you have to be prepared to make it a fool of yourself. Yeah, you just have to have no shame, basically, um, to be a good actress. And I and then I, I always kind of knew it because, you know, you have to go big and then you can rein it back. But you have to have balls to go big because you might look like an idiot. But unless you go big, you're just this kind of you're holding back and it's like not, you know, so you have to be prepared to make a fool of yourself. And not and be cool with it, kind of. And I remember then it was Nick Nolte told me a story about an acting class he did with Marilyn Brando, wow. and it was yeah. <laughs> Nick was great for the advice. He he gave me so many cool things, and he told me oh, this Marilyn Brando was like said nothing and just sat there in this chair and 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 started to slowly like put makeup on and and change his outfit that he was wearing and basically like you know made himself look absolutely ridiculous with the makeup and the clothes and he was on him and that was the lesson at the end of it when he was all done and he looked all crazy he was like that's the lesson you need to learn you have to ha not be afraid of making a complete fool of yourself Mm. and looking like a complete idiot and complete like so maybe that dovetails with my next question which was the best advice you've ever received well I wouldn't say that was the best advice I'd say the oh here's a here's the best advice I've ever received and I know I've been asked this three times today and I was like I'm not giving advice for free but uh, for you I'll make an exception Antonia so <laughs> For you, I would say the best advice I ever received, and this is a really good one for anyone in Los Angeles or anyone as an actor anywhere, keep your expenses low. Mm. Because listen, like I can be here all day giving you creative advice, but ultimately if you do one TV show and then you're out blowing your money on a big car that's costing you three grand a month and then you think you're like living the dream in like this big huge house because you want to act like you're, you've made it, that's grand. But the job is going to end, you know, and then you're going to be unemployed and then you're not going to be making 10, 15 grand or whatever the hell you were making a week or whatever. That's going to go. And how are you going to pay for this life that you have? And that's a mistake so many people make. They just 
think they're going to be making that money all their life and you're not going to be making that money all your life. There's going to be a period where you're not going to be making money at all. I think also like, you know, you want to be thinking about long-term future stuff. Like you've got to be planning ahead. I don't think anyone has a job for life anymore. So that is good advice for all of us, whether we're actors or not. Yeah, keep your expenses low and also it just frees you up. Then you're free. You're more free artistically because it's not this notion of I have to get a job because I have to pay for this. It can, You can sit back a bit more and go, do I want to do this job? Do I want, you know, you can be a little bit more artistic. But the minute you need money, artistic goes out the window. That's so true. And you see that happen to people where they've had to choose stuff they really didn't want. You can tell they just didn't. Yeah, and you know what? There's no shame in doing a job for money. Like, I really don't think there's any shame in that. And that, like, that's part of being a working actor. Not everybody's lucky enough to, you know, be 21, do their first film, and they blow up and they, they get nominated for an Oscar. I mean, that doesn't happen to like 99% of actors. It doesn't happen. So, in general, you're going to be doing this like working actor route, and it's a climb. And so, in that regard, I would say, yeah, don't be don't be blowing your money because it's not going to come that easy all the time. Mm. What about what is the part you've always wanted? Whether it's something you actually have already done or something that you still want to do. Yeah, I don't have a part that I want to do in the future or anything. Like, I don't think like that. I just kind of go with what's in front of me. And and if I feel like I want to do it, I never daydream on, on a part that I'd love to play or anything. Um, um, but I suppose I, I, you know, all the parts that I want, the parts that I really like that I wanted, I got, you know, mm. I mean, like the Lieutenant of Inishmore would have been a part I really wanted. And then the part in Luck was another one that I would really want, really, really wanted. Yeah. Mm. Um, what is the most fun you've ever had on a set? Sometimes I get annoyed if people are having too much fun. I'm like, this is a business, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's all fun and games, okay? Um, so I can't, let me try and think, you know, I'm pretty serious and I don't, you know, I'm always ready and I don't be wasting money or dicking around. So I don't really have that. I can't say I'd be having the loads of fun now, but let me think. Um, I'd probably say luck again, because when I wasn't on the set, I was... Um, riding on a racetrack and that was a lot of fun getting to ride racehorses on a racetrack and stuff yeah usually I'm taking it kind of serious I just think sometimes if you slip into fun you slip into you know we're not taking it serious we're going to start ad-libbing and then the wheels come off you know so I just kind of you know I mean it just it makes me sound like I'm an antichrist on set I'm not <laughs> No, it makes me think that you come from the theatre and that's... Exactly, yeah. exactly. And also, I don't want to give off this notion that, like, acting's so amazing and we're all having this laugh all the time. Like, it's not. It's really lonely. It's really lonely. You're having a great time and then you're in a room on your own and then you're home on your own in a hotel room in, like, in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico and you're alone... And and then like that's kind of the life. Like it's not People all don't like talk about that. They don't talk about that. Nobody talks about that because everyone wants to think that you're at the bar with Brad Pitt every <laughs> evening. You know, having a whale of a time, and it's just not true. I really love you for telling the truth. Thank you. <laughs>
What has been your toughest challenge yet? And you can obviously interpret that to mean whatever challenging thing in life or work. The toughest challenge has been um, navigating this the pre this press part of the job because I'd, I've never done it before, not to this extent. And, um, and I never knew that it was part of being an actor, you know, at all. And I don't think anyone does know that until it happens to them. And I'm so glad it's happened to me now at 41, because I think if this had happened to me in my early 20s, like, I mean, I just don't know. I, I just, well, God only knows what would have come out of my mouth, you know. So that, I'm so glad it happened. And, and then, you know, when I, when I wanted to be an actress, it's because I love acting. So I'm, I'm, I had to learn like so many things really quickly um, on, on this journey. And it's been great learning them. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, and I know them now forever, but I, I did remember going like, oh Jesus, like I got to talk at a podium. I'm not that girl. You know, I wasn't a debater, you know, or the school council or something like that. I, I, that that's not me. And it also made me have a, a, a lot of respect for actors who've been doing it their whole lives. Like I kind of looked at Kate Blanchett with different eyes because not only was she this brilliant actress, but also I was like, oh my God, you're still hustling. I mean, you know, you're still turning up at these awards and doing these interviews and all. And you've been doing this for how many years? Yeah. Yeah, now I do know they get, you know, compensated more money than, than I'm getting compensated. And you can argue that at the same time, it's, it's just a whole other skill that I did not know about that I start to think, wow, you know, and the fact that you're still pleasant is really admirable. I think about that a lot because obviously I'm on the other end of it and I, I feel... It's one of those things that actors have trouble articulating a lot of the time because they don't want to sound ungrateful or mm -hmm. whatever it is. But actually, the reality of being in a press junket and repeating yourself all day, every day in different cities is really, it's really full on. It's extremely yeah. difficult. It is. And also in this climate too, do you know, you might say something flippant to be construed. And then also like, listen, like that, to bring back earlier, you know, the pajama thing. But like, do you know, then a bunch of tabloids are running with this thing. Now, years ago, that, my heart would have been pounding. I'd be thinking, oh God, Jesus, everyone's going to think this and everyone's going to think that. And now Colin's going to think, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and then, then there just comes a point, you know, they're just you have to develop this kind of like oh fuck it like i just can't fucking yeah. control it like i don't there's only you know so you have to develop a real thick skin which seems so not what i'm supposed to have as an actor because you know like i'm supposed mm. to be like aware of people's feelings and emotionally available and all this so it's just a whole other kind of skill i've had to learn and and um and it has been a little bit harder than being an actor because i can't say it it comes extremely naturally to me. But I mean, I am lucky of lovely publicists helping me and, and then I can, you know, vent my frustrations to them <laughs> if it needs be. Yeah. Um, what are the films that make you cry? Do you know what's gas? is like for somebody who's not that crazy about getting married, I'm a such a romantic. So like Bridges of Madison County. Oh, oh my God. I love that film. When she's in the door with her husband in the car and Clint is in the other car and he's about to leave. Oh, I can't. oh my God. 
You know what, Carrie? So many people talk about that film as being like schmaltzy oh. and they say bad things about it, but I cried through the whole thing. It's so romantic. It is. It's so romantic. I, I, I remember bawling. My brother is still to this day talks about because he grew up in a house full of women. He was like, I remember you were all crying over that film. Yeah, we all of all the women were bawling in the house <laughs> over it. So anything romantic, um, obviously. And I mean, you know, you know, there's obviously Marley and me. But I don't even need to explain why that just absolutely, you know, and watching that in a plane as well, like, oh, my God. Oh, about watching stuff on a plane where you're just much more likely to cry. I think it's the altitude. That's, yeah, that's what everybody says. But I don't know. I think maybe you're just, you know, open and available or something. OK, what's the character that's most like you? Maybe Siobhan or I know, I suppose, like, um, no, because I think I, I need my people know that I'm, you know, Siobhan was really dignified in the sense that she didn't need people to know she was very intelligent and stuff like that. Whereas I, I kind of do. Well, I mean, I don't need people to know, but you know what I mean? I wasn't as dignified as her. I don't know. I'd say it would be a combination. Of, like, I feel like all of the parts have got bits of me in them. Marie Lieutenant of Inishmore, maybe. Mm hmm. Yeah, at that time in my life anyways, when I played it, it was very close to who I was and what I believed and stuff. What about, what are your Desert Island movies? Parenthood, Ron Howard's very Love good one. Movie. Yeah, so do I, and I rewatched it there recently, and I was like, God, Jesus, like, now that I'm older, I and I, I really see, like, the parenthood theme of it. I used to re relate to the younger people in it. Same! And then you get to the... And you're like, Steve Martin's on that roller coaster, and you're like, yes. I know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I used to relate to the kids, too, and now when I watch it, I... Re yeah, but you know what's funny in it? It's like, they say in it, like, that Steve Martin is 35, and I was like, okay, he doesn't look 35 in it. Like Maybe, you know, in the 90s, 35 meant something different. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's kind of scary when you're older than 35 because you're like, oh, God. I know. <laughs> I know. Hannah and her sisters, Woody Allen. Hmm. Yeah, I think all the actresses in that were brilliant. I've always been a big fan of uh, um, Diane Feast and, 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 um, and they were just all really brilliant in it. Yeah. yeah. Um, them, who else? Yeah, she's very, she's always been very funny. Yeah, geez, it's hard because there's so many amazing films. So I don't know. Like, I could be here all day. I don't know. <laughs> we could come back to it if you think of another one, if you want. I mean, I'll rattle off a load of them, but I put them in another article. But I'll go, like, This Boy's Life, The Last oh, yeah. Boys. The Last Boys. Remember that film? Oh, um, I can sing you the whole soundtrack. I yes. love that film. It was scary. Um, yes. And I saw, what's his name, Eddie Murphy the other day, and I was thinking of The Golden Child. I watched oh, that yes. movie so yes. many times. Yeah. Bette Midler and Shelley Long, I used to love them. I was re-watching Cheers there recently, and God, Shelley Long was brilliant. Wasn't like, she? She oh. really was. And Woody Harrelson, um, his character in, in Cheers was so innocent and so funny. So I'd say any of those, like any of those. Those old... are all brilliant choices. Um, what are your guilty pleasures in terms of things that you might watch? I don't know if there's such a thing as a guilty pleasure, to be honest with you, first of all. But um, I, 
I can't, I can't think of, you know, uh, to be honest with you, it's tricky right now because right now I'm watching all the stuff that is being nominated because when I go and meet these people, I want to be able to say that I thought their yeah. stuff was brilliant. And, and so I, I only wish I had time to be watching Guilty Pleasures. Do you know what I mean? And, and I'm mm. looking forward to having some free time to do that again. I, I, I don't know if I have, I think everything I watch is pretty great. So yeah. what about, do you have a karaoke playlist? No, I, I never have never gone to karaoke or anything. I'm not like it's gas, but you know, everyone thinks, oh, you're an actress, you must love attention and you must love, you know, and it's like, I actually don't like to be honest I with totally you. I don't get know. that about you. That not every actor is driven by attention. It's just, I know. Oh, and I had a fella a few weeks ago say to me, like, oh, you must be really, you must uh, be good at pretending when you're upset. And so you're, you trick people and cry. And they talk to me, what the fuck what? are you talking about? I'm that not a sociopath. That's, how stupid. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I was like, yeah, right, yeah. Like, I'm the talented Mr. Ripley, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, um, I don't know about, <sighs> about the, yeah. Do you remember the first film you ever saw at the cinema? Yeah, that's easy. The Lion King. Really? What did yeah. you think of it? Yeah, and it's gas because I was actually asked to review The Lion King. It was my first professional paycheck of my life. I was about 10. And like in the summer, I was at home and on the radio, there was a thing, a debate going on about people from the country versus people from the city. And I, we were from the country and I rang in the radio given out going people from the city think they're so brilliant well they're not and blah 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 blah. so anyways the radio rings me back like and about a couple hours later and they were like would you like to review a movie for us would you like to go to the lion king and then you can come up to dublin to the studio and like review it and i was like oh my god so they paid for me and my friends three of us to go watch the lion king and then I, and then i got the train to dublin with my mother and and reviewed the 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 movie for them in oh the studio God, yes sorry ever you were 10 and you got paid to review the lion king yeah and my review was it was excellent i thought it was really good i thought it was brilliant that was oh. that was basically my review of the lion I mean, king fair enough right <laughs> Okay, one more, and then I promise you're done. <laughs> what is a time that you were starstruck? I don't get starstruck very often, so that I'd have to really think about that. If you don't get starstruck, I could give you a different question. Well, give me the different question, then I can decide. Okay, what is the weirdest job you've ever had? Well, I used to be a chambermaid cleaning hotel rooms. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I wouldn't say that. It's that weird. Hard. It's hard. Mm. And I'll say this. To this day, I leave a tip every time I stay in a hotel room. And I leave a generous tip because nobody tips the chambermaid. No, they don't. You're right. They, t they never tip. And it's so hard. It's like lifting up the mattress, tucking the thing in, putting it down, cleaning the toilet. It's so, it's backbreaking work. Yeah. And you've got loads of rooms to do. And also when I go to hotels now, I don't, um, I have them clean the room for weeks because I, I remember when I would be working and you'd get the list of rooms and you'd have like 20 rooms to do, like and you'd have three hours if somebody would have do not disturb on the door, you'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> hallelujah, one less room to clean.
I always put my do not disturb because I feel guilty about yes. having someone clean. Yes. And also, I don't need them to clean it every day. No, That's you don't. So, yeah. yeah, I don't. And I remember I was on a job there up in Portland a few years ago and I was in the hotel for like months. And like by the end of it, I was just asking, can I have the vacuum cleaner, please? Can I get that? And I was just doing it myself. Yeah. That's like, just easier. And it's just like, I just do it all myself. Did they think you were nuts or did they just give you a vacuum cleaner? They just gave me a vacuum cleaner. I think they, I was beyond nuts at that point because I was in the room with my two dogs. I had two, my two dogs at that point. And, you know, I, I think, you know, just having the dogs in the room and, and the whole setup was probably a little bit. And I was there for months too. So that whole was probably, probably yeah, didn't. They were like, give Kerry the vacuum cleaner. Don't argue. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> and also just, um, yeah, I, leaving a little note. For, and also that's the other thing as well. Leave the room in a feckin' manner that's like a polite manner. Do you know what I mean? Like leaving a big, dirty, rotten hotel room for somebody else to clean up is pig ignorant. And I, I just have no time for it. I tidy before, before, I leave, before I check out because I'm like... <laughs> yeah, that's a lovely quality though, you know? I feel, I think about that person who's going to come in. Everyone should think about that. Everyone, but they don't. They don't like, and that's the thing. And 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 sometimes I remember when I was in New York, you know, we were in in when I was in my twenties, and we'd be at like some hotel, and everyone's drinking, and it's all this big party, and 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 then like you know, and they're wrecking the place, not wrecking the hotel room, but leaving the place in a big mess. And and I remember Martin told me years ago that um, it was was it the clash. It was that there was somebody was there was a, it might have, I think it was the Clash it was some punk rock group anyways, and that they were trashing the hotel room or they were, everyone was getting out of hand or getting drunk they were all doing drugs and one of the band members was like hey stop clean up the room because my mother's a chambermaid and I don't want yeah and it always stuck with me I was like do you know what like it's great to be working class because you 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 remember working you should remember working class people and what it's like to be working class and like take care of those people mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. so kerry i have to say this has been such a pleasure thank you so much for being on the podcast thanks a million it's been awesome thank you again kerry condon to hear more 20 questions on deadline Listen and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and check out our awards line magazine at deadline.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.